Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti, and it's uh, just me uh, today talking with you. I just uh, hope you guys had a a great Thanksgiving, um, getting ready for a wonderful uh, Christmas season, and uh, just wanted to talk about um, a few things that are on uh, my heart, my mind. Um, I got a uh, article sent to me uh, by Julie Rhine. Thank you, Julie. Um, love to get things from you guys. By the way, if you, uh, if you run across an article or a book or just uh, just something that's kind of on your heart, and uh, you're like, "Hey, this would make a really good podcast," uh, info at trainingformanhood.com. So info at trainingformanhood. The number four. Uh, trainingformanhood.com. Shoot me an email, send it to me. Um, and you never know, could be a podcast. Um, but uh, Julie sent me an article that was in the American conservative. It says male malaise is not just about the culture. Uh, big business and big education have a hand in our boys failure to thrive. Uh, came out November 16th, 2023 by Brad Wilcox and Elizabeth self. If you're interested, go read it. Um, but I want to, I want to chat about it because uh, there's a lot of articles about out there um, just about, um, men in trouble. Uh, Leonard Sachs, um, you know, not a believer, has a great book though um, about uh, boys who are struggling and just kind of some things that are going on. Um, but uh, the word malaise, which by the way, one of my favorite words. I just I love seeing it. I love saying it. Um, bad ease, right? Just angst, anxiety, despair, discomfort, disquiet, uh, the doldrums. Uh, what this article is basically saying is um, when these uh, two individuals are looking at males in our culture, um, they're seeing a ton of negative trends and they're trying to figure out why. Um, and guys, this is, this is what we do, right? This is what the, the podcast is all about is, uh, training for manhood. How do we take, um, something that we're seeing, uh, that might be a negative and turn it into a positive? How do we respond to these things, uh, so that we can be the best version of ourselves so we can be what God has created us to be, uh, the men, the leaders that are moving in the right direction so that others can follow our lead. Anyway, uh, the article goes through two things, uh, business, uh, and a couple of businesses out there that are just uh, booming, um, that are not so helpful for our boys or anything dealing with screens, right? Video game and pornography. And obviously, you know, boys spending a ton of time uh, on those uh, things that are not helpful uh, to our young boys. Um, and, uh, and that's something, you know, that, that they're saying is, hey, you know, this is this is not a positive trend for our boys uh, that they're spending way too much time uh, in those girls for a different reason but boys um, you know basically it's the video games and pornography um, and, and I'll say this I'll throw this in they didn't but um, a lack of community and a lack of um, personal connection uh, and young boys I'm just gonna tell you this young boys need to be around um, older individuals uh, to learn how to interact with people. Uh, they need to pick up on those social cues. Um, they need to uh, learn to interact, um, to work on those social or those what they call those soft skills, right? Of just uh, learning how to shake a, a man's hand, right? Learning how to look somebody in the eye, um, learning how to uh, how to be polite and, and you know how to um, how to speak in, uh, in a way that's uh, winsome and persuasive. And I'm just telling you, those things are um, are, are missing from a lot of our young uh, men today, and a lot of men today. Uh, anyway, um, but anyway, they go on to talk about education. Uh, and the uh, pedagogy and ethos are not boy friendly is what it says. 
which is interesting. Pedagogy just means um, the guide for a young boy, right? The teacher or instructor. And, and they're just saying that there's a lack of male teachers. Um, there's no recess for boys to expend energy anymore. Uh, and they're just asking questions like, hey, how do we, how do we respond to these things? Um, you know, if we want to change the trajectory that our young men are going in, uh, and right now it's it's in a negative sense. The numbers are coming up negative from everything that they're looking at. Uh, we have to you know own this. We have to um, grab this uh, reality. And so I want to want to talk to us about that, men, uh, because uh, for a lot of you guys, you're younger men, and you don't even realize that you're on a path um, away from success in life. Uh, and I think we need to understand that. Um, but I think the other thing is, is if you're listening to this and you're an older man, uh, the reality is, is we, we talked about this before, is where does a boy learn to become a man? And the reality is, is it's from other men. Uh, and so if you're not actively training younger men what it means to be a man, you are not helping the situation. So starting in your own home uh, for your boys and then moving on to other guys uh, that you're training, you're discipling, um, that you're raising them up to show them what it means to be a man, um, you need to put yourself in those situations. And so look for opportunities. Uh, and, and again, you know, coaching, uh, teaching. Uh, great opportunities for men to put themselves in an opportunity uh, for younger men to see them, what it looks like to be a man. Uh, but obviously the church is by far the most important. I, I really think this is, is so, such an important thing to say. I think the church is the most important institution that our country has. Um, and and that's a, you know, from a business standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, right, from all those different things, right? There's there's not a business out there that, that we can't survive without. Um, there's nothing that's you know being created in our culture that we can't survive without, but the church is really where that instruction for how to be successful in life is being and should be being given to the next generation, and that's that's super important. And so um, anyway, the article goes on and just talks about how in most uh, schools, uh, most of the teachers uh, are female, and uh, and I think that's a, a reality, and that does that's not a negative, right? It's just. Um, from a male standpoint, right, if you don't have those male role models, um, you know, where, where is it that we're learning how to be successful in life? And so I think, you know, we have to own this concept of just saying, hey, just understand, you know, guys, as you're being instructed, and, you know, there's a lot of females that are teachers in, in schools, um, you can learn academics, right? You, you can learn how to be respectful and polite. You can learn a lot of great things in school. Um, but a lot of the things that you're going to learn to be successful in life are going to have to come outside the classroom, right? And that, that's just an ownership of the reality of uh, most of what you're going to learn is probably going to come outside of a specific classroom anyway. Um, and so, you know, you can't blame schools for not teaching everything, um, you know, how to become a man, you know, where's the particular class on that, right? Um, this has to be done in the family and can be done in the church. Um, and, you know, I work at a private Christian school. Um, and this is something that we take very seriously um, of instructing our young boys how to become men. So there's a lot of different programs that we do to try to address these things. In a public school, you may not have that opportunity. Um, but I think I think it's still a reality of, hey, if, if it's not going to be given at one place, then you need to get it somewhere else. If it's important, right, then you need to get that instruction. Um, I think coaches, right, the concept is, um, you know, great opportunity to instruct um, men on what it looks like to be men. And coaches are an incredible opportunity for that instruction to happen. My concern is um, that through my life, as I've watched my coaches, there's been very few of my coaches that have really been successful 
coaching as a successful coach, like in their particular profession and successful as a family, um, as the head of a family. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's a, a rarity, unfortunately, um, because usually sports demand a lot of time and attention from that particular individual and they end up sacrificing their family in the process. And so just a reality that we need to own from that concept. Um, I think, you know, if you're raising young boys and you're looking at um, the idea of um, them being successful in sports, I think one of the things that you have to understand is, you know, 1% of high school athletes are going to compete in college and 1% of them are going to compete in the pros, which will make it, you know, their paid profession. So if you're spending a ton of time and money and resources and energy developing your young son in a particular sport, um, that's probably not going to be unless they're one of the 99% or, you know, unless they're one of the 1%. Um, and then one of the 1% of that 1% that, that that's probably not going to be their job for a long time. Um, and so, you know, while it's a great thing to teach them a lot of life principles, um, I wonder if we're sacrificing um, too much time kind of on the altar of uh, athletics. Um, college sports, right? I got to uh, walk onto a football team um, and, I, you know, my experience is my experience. But one of the things that I picked up from my experience was, uh, if you're playing at a big university, uh, the job of the university is not to get you an education for, you know, those of you who think, oh, my kid's going to get a free education when they go to college because they play XYZ sport. Uh, I'm going to tell you, the job of the, the university is not to get your kid an education. It's to keep them eligible uh, so they can play the sport that they're paying them to be there for. Uh, so can you get an education at college while you're playing a sport? And the answer is yes, but you have to really, really work at it. Uh, and that's one of the things as, as I went through, um, you know, played football uh, just one year in college and just worked against the university trying to mold me into the shape of a football player. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not playing football at the next level. So while I'm here, I definitely need to be taking XYZ classes. I need to get a degree. Uh, and the university really pushed back on that. It's like, listen, here's underwater fire prevention. Here's some things that you can do to take easy classes so that we can keep you eligible and keep you on the field. Um, and I was like, you know, this is not going to be uh, successful for me, um, spending this much time, energy, and effort and not get an education while I'm here. So, you know, walked away from football, um, had a great time, great experience in it, but also had to make some really tough decisions about uh, what are the things that are going to help me be successful in the long run. Um, and, you know, football wasn't going to be my ticket uh, to anything. And so, you know, I had to walk away from that so that I could get an education. And I think we just have to, we have to own that understanding of how much time, energy and effort we're putting or we're allowing um, our young boys to put into sports. Uh, are we sacrificing the opportunity for them to really get an education uh, and to invest in things that are going to help them become the best men that they can be? And so um, things that you just have to understand and, and make decisions. I think a lot of these things are parenting uh, decisions as we um, help our boys make these decisions. What are we uh, willing to sacrifice so that they can play sports? Uh, that's just a, a big thing from a parenting question. Um, and then just, you know, parenting issues. When we talk about uh, screens and we talk about just education, uh, screen time, right? This is a parenting issue. Um, you know, when, when our boys are spending a lot of time on video games or, or they've got access to things, um, you know, pornography's out there. If you're not uh, placing limits on what your boys are allowed to access. And, and honestly, from a man's perspective, if you're not placing limits on what you're allowed to access, right, then you're just not being smart. Can I, can I just say that you're just you're not being smart. You're allowing uh, the enemy to have a stick to beat you with, and and you don't want to do that. And so, um, step up, right, from a parenting perspective. Provide some guidelines and limits. Um, 
and he, and I'll say this, guys, if you're listening and your parents aren't doing this for you, um, here's the deal. It's your life. You have to do it. Even if those in authority over you are not doing their job. Does that, I mean, does it make sense? Right. It's just, even if the people around you are not helping you become the best version of yourself possible, you have to do it. You have to just look at it and say, hey, is this what's going to make me the best person possible? And if the answer to that is no, right? I mean, think about it. Video games. Um, playing you know, hours and hours of video games. Does that make you the best version of yourself? The answer is no. Is it a nice you know, one-off? Is it a nice um, you know, distraction? You know, come home. You know, get get all the other stuff done that you need to get done, and then you're like, "Hey, I want to hang out for a little while and play some video games." I can see that, right? Everybody needs a little distraction here and there. Um, so yeah, that that's fine. It's just it has to be done after all the other things are already done, right? And if you don't get the other things done, then you don't get time uh, to spend on video games, right? It has to be that the last thing. It's the dessert, right? Once you've eaten a well balanced meal, can you have time for dessert? Yes. Um, does dessert come first and is it the most important thing? The answer is no. Um, now pornography, pornography is not dessert. Um, pornography is, um, poison, right? It's not going to be helpful. It's going to eat away at the inside. It's going to, um, it's going to take away your ability to actually have a meaningful, um, intimate, uh, mature relationship with a real person. Uh, and so that's not something that you can kind of dabble with that you can kind of, you know, Hey, you know, now that I've done all the other things I need to do, let me spend a little downtime over here. And the answer is no, that's just, you know, eliminate that, cut that out. Uh, that's a poison. Don't drink it at all. Don't take it in. Get, get rid of that. Um, education. Let's just talk about this. I actually work at an educational facility. Um, I watch boys. I've been watching them for 20 years uh, go through from an educational standpoint. And, and here's some of the things that I'm seeing that I think we need to own as men. Uh, and that is uh, while there's no recess and no real opportunity for boys um, you know, to kind of uh, get some of that energy out, right? And I think, you know, classes are too long and you have to sit a long time. I'll say this, not a lot of classes are really uh, lecture style anymore. There's a lot of work that's being done outside of the classroom and then being brought in. And I don't see our boys really rising up to the challenge of doing the work outside. So they're not just sitting there getting bored to death. Um, they're not doing the work outside of class so they don't have anything to offer when it comes time for that classroom instruction, right? So, um, you know, younger kids, obviously, we're still getting them up and moving, but as they get older, right, we're expecting them to sit, to listen, to learn, to engage, uh, to be part of projects. And I'm just gonna tell you, there's just, for, for the most part, a lot of guys are not doing the work uh, that needs to be done. And so, you know, we just, we just have to own it. We have to look at the educational system and say, hey, how can we take advantage of this? How can we do our best uh, to, to um, kind of work within the system as it is now? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, just don't take shortcuts. Don't be stupid in class, right? Um, you know, from a man's standpoint, do, do your best in what you're doing um, and, and realize that your success uh, in the classroom, right, is not going to be the final arbiter of whether you're going to be successful in life. So my thing is, if you learn how to learn, if you learn how to work hard, right, then you've got what education is there for you. And most of the, the great things that you're going to learn from an educational standpoint are probably going to be done outside the classroom. Um, and here's the deal. Nobody can stop you from learning um, things outside the classroom anyway. So grab a good book, um, you know, meet with some great guys, go to some awesome conferences, do some different things that are even outside the classroom. If you want to learn, there's, there's no stopping you. So if the educational system isn't set up for our boys to be successful, well then set up a system where you're going to be successful and, and learn how to learn. 
Um, now, here's the deal. Uh, other things that we have to look at, right? Again, I say the church, um, incredible opportunity uh, for guys to create a community, uh, to learn um, what men look like, to see humility, to learn service, uh, to connect them to God, to see a bigger picture for life. Uh, dads, I'm just going to tell you, right? The family is so important for you to be there as a dad, uh, to train your young boys, right? To discipline them, to show them what it looks like to serve others, um, to put chores in there so that they learn how to learn and learn the value of hard work and to see a successful family. I'll throw this out there. Um, for those dads that are divorced, um, I think one of the things that I see is, uh, guys who have walked away from their family, um, and it's, it's really kind of like a, a shirking of your responsibility. And here's the deal, whether you're divorced or not, that's still your family and you still have a responsibility uh, to be the man in that family for those um, kids and, and for your wife, right? You're still, you still have a responsibility for that, even if a piece of paper says that you don't. Um, I think from a cultural standpoint, point from a biblical standpoint, um, you you still have an opportunity to speak truth into the life of those people, um, and you're responsible for the well being of your family, right? So, guys, just take take that as a uh, as a positive, um, and and lean into that. Um, other things, um, let's see, uh, young young guys, right? Uh, Thoughts for Young Men by J.C. Ryle, probably one of my favorite books. Um, you know, what is it like 90 pages, right? And it just talks about the enemy's strategy to bend a tree while it's young and pliable. Uh, The most important time in life, right, is the preparation time, right? And so it's kind of sounds crazy, right? But it's, it's not just game time, right? It's not just showing up on Friday night, getting ready for the game. Um, But you know, or playing the game, but it's it's the preparation that leads into that, right? It's the practice, it's the film, uh, it's the working out, it's the off season type uh, stuff that gets you ready to perform. And I think if it's true on the field, it's definitely true off the field from a spiritual standpoint as well. And I think this is where we need to really own the concept of um, how are we doing as families, making sure that as our young boys are developing, we're making sure that they're grounded. Uh, in the Word of God and grounded in a mature spiritual life at a very young age. Uh, I think we need to elevate the importance of marriage um, when kids are younger so that they can see that they understand that the um, the incredible training ground of marriage and parenting. Uh, marriage and parenting isn't about you um, having fun um, and isn't about you um, like enjoying yourself. Not that it's not enjoyable, but just saying that the goal um, of marriage and parenting is holiness, right? It is to draw you closer to God through these particular institutions that God has created for us, the family, marriage and family. Um, I always use, I can't remember who said it, but they said um, marriage, and I think marriage and family are both the same in this one, right? Marriage and parenting. Marriage is the anvil upon which God could mold you into the shape of his son. Um, so take it, learn from it, right? It's going to make you a better version of yourself. It's going to make you a better person, right? And you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Right. So super, super important. Um, I see a lot of this um, in a particular verse that I've, I've mentioned several different times, but it's Psalm 144, 12. Um, and I've never really like walked through this before. And I think it's really important to, to kind of get an idea of how important this particular verse is. Um, but it's a, it's a psalm written by David. Um, and, uh, and he starts it off, right? Psalm 144 starts off with, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And I, just, I think 
you know, we're, we're going to get to this particular verse in verse 12 about the role of boys uh, and how important it is. And David starting it with talking about a battle that God is preparing him for. And I just think that's a important reminder for us, right, that we're in a war, right? So I started off with an article, right, the, the malaise of men. And it's a battle against manhood, right, in our particular culture, and in this world, um, the world wants to take what God has designed um, and mess it up, right? And God has designed for men uh, to be a certain role, to play this particular role in the family and in the culture. Um, and I'm just going to tell you, there's so many things that are working against us. But what David's saying, right, in Psalm 144 is, here's the deal. God's the one who's going to train us and what this should look like. He's going to prepare us. Uh, and we need to take that preparation for manhood, that training for manhood, with the same intensity as if we were fighting a battle literally for our lives, right? Um, And then David goes through, um, in the next part he talks about, uh, verse 2, he says, he's my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. And so David puts in a proper perspective who he is and then who God is for David, right? God is his rock, God is his provision. God is his love, his fortress, his stronghold, his deliver, his shield, um, his refuge, right? The one who subdues his enemies. Um, so I think from a man right standpoint, when we're training for manhood, we need to understand, right, that God is, is our, um, our rock. God is our guide. God is our instructor. Um, God is the one that we run to when we have times um, of, of doubt, right? Of disappointment, of discouragement, right? That, that is right, God, what God is offering to us. And it's so interesting because then the next verse, David says this one. So we're still in Psalm 144. David says this, O Lord, what is man that you regard him or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. And so David's basically even asking this concept of why are you there for me? Right? Like who, who in the world am I? And yet God is constantly um, giving to David and giving to men, right, what they need to be successful in life. Now, does God have to do that? And the answer is no, but he does. Um, and I think it's just the, you know, the question when he says, you know, why are, what is man that you're mindful of him? And then you ask this thing is, well, what is the purpose of man? And I just remember Westminster Catechism, right? The very first question, what's the purpose of man? It says, but to know God, right, and enjoy him forever. And so if man was made to be in fellowship with God, then there is really a, in a sense, a requirement of God to demonstrate to man who he is so that we can know him. Um, How does he do that? Well, he reveals himself to us, not only through his word, through creation, but then through his son. Um, And the next verse in this, basically, it's kind of funny, but verse five, David just continues on down there. And he says, Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains so that they smoke. Um, and just got an amazing thing, right? That if, if man was made to be in relationship with God, God is the one who has to come down to man. God's the one who has to make himself known to man. And he's done that, right? So even, even your, your highest thoughts, your greatest pursuit is not going to elevate to the point where you're going to get to God, right? It's just, it's just not going to happen. But God comes down to man. And just what an amazing thing that this is, right? And so the battle, right, is the Lord's. Um, and, and he is the one who's preparing us for it. Um, and I think that's just such a beautiful uh, verse that David writes in there. And then he goes on to say, I will sing a new song to you. 
um, uh, oh God, right? And and you know one of the beautiful things about David is that kind of a that warrior poet concept, right? Is not only is he preparing for battle, but he also uh, is a man who's um, skilled in playing, um, and and you know kind of a kind of a neat thing. But we have a role to play in this, right? And so God, as He has come down and revealed Himself to man, He has included us in His family and in His plan um, to do life right? That, that he wants to use us. He wants to, he, he made us in his image. And so he wants to reveal himself to other people through us. Uh, and then we get to the, this verse, verse 12, right? How do we know? How do we know um, that what we're doing is making sense? How do we know that we've been blessed by God? How do we know that we're moving in the right direction? And, and David basically answers this question. And it's kind of a funny thing, but he has this verse. He says, uh, may our sons in their youth be like plants full grown and our daughters like corner pillars cut for the structure of a palace. And then he goes on. He's like, and our granaries will be full. All kinds of pro, you know, produce is going to be done, right? Our ships will bring forth, or our sheep will bring forth thousands and ten thousands in the field. Our cattle will be heavy with young. So basically he's saying there's some evidence that you're doing life according to God's economy. There's some evidence that you're doing life well, and that is God's blessing is going to be upon you. Uh, what does that look like? It looks like, you know, prosperity. It looks like abundance. Um, and, and I'm just going to say this, right? Not material abundance, even though David using some material abundance concepts here, right? But what we, what we realize, right, is God is spirit and the spiritual abundance of these things, God has made evident, right, through the fruit that's being produced, right, of the fruit of the spirit. And so the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, right, faithfulness, general self-control, those things are evidence, not just the material evidence, but the material evidence that David's looking for, because I think that the cool thing about the Old Testament, right, is it's a physical picture of a spiritual reality. And so David's looking for some physical things, right, that demonstrate this, this spiritual reality that God is present. And he starts with the family. He starts with the home, right? How do you know um, that you're successful, that you're doing things well? And he's gonna, and what David's going to say is, listen, here's the deal. Your home life, men, your boys are going to be like plants full grown, okay? And I just want to stop there for a second and say, that's such a cool concept. Um, guys, this is our primary responsibility of men, right, is to raise our families well, okay? Did, did, you, did you get that? Not to be successful in the boardroom, right? To, but to be successful in the living room, okay? To, to do family well, and then to do business well, and then to do other things well. Fantastic. That's op- you know, awesome, right? Be, be successful in the field. Be successful on the court, but be successful first in the home. And what David is saying is, here's the cool thing, is how do we know when we're successful? He's like, when our boys are like plants full grown, meaning that when our boys have this um, level of maturity at a, at a young age, okay? Um, and and he, the concept is our boys are like plants, not weeds, right? Huge difference between plants and weeds. Plants take effort. Remember, I've, I've talked about this several times. The only thing that grows without work is weeds, okay? So plants, our boys are like plants. They're going to take effort right? For them to grow and for them to develop, they're going to take effort and work. Weeds don't take any work, um, but they don't provide any nutrition and value either, right? Um, So boys are going to take work for them to mature. So dads, here's the deal. Um, You need to grow up your boys, right? You need to train them up to be strong, uh, vivacious, vigorous, well-formed in their early life. And that's the important aspect, right? Is you need to train them to disciple them. This is 
right? Jesus is, you know, the great commission, go make disciples. Where do you start? You start in your home, right? Dad, start in your home, raising your boys. Um, a, a way to look at it and to think about it, right? It's just the idea of a, as a young boy, when you're a young boy, uh, when you begin to see that uh, maturation process, right? And you see the, you see the maturity, right? Where uh, a six-year-old boy has a hint of being a little bit older, right? Where, you know, they act like they're 12 sometimes and they start taking a little bit of responsibility, right? And they, um, they ask about your day, not just, you know, you talking about their day, right? And um, you, know, you don't have to ask them to do their chores. Now, is it going to be every day? And the answer is no, but you see little bits of this, right? The seed that's planted of maturity. And then that 12-year-old, you begin to see a hint of like that 18-year-old, right? Where, you know, they're, they're working hard without complaining. Um, you know, they're beginning to take responsibility for things. They're investing for the future, right? They're helping the person who's in need, right? They're using their strength not to put down other people, but to help people who are in need. And you begin to see these things, right? And here's the deal. That's what you want to see because that's better than seeing the 18 year old who acts like the 12 year old right? Or the 30 year old who acts like the 12 year old, because that's what we're seeing in today's culture. And that's, that's what this article, the the malaise of men really looks at and says, why are our older men acting like boys? Right. And, And that's, that's the question, right? Instead of our boys beginning to act like older men. And I think we have to give guys, we have to give a vision to our young men of what it looks like to be a man and to act like that. So this really is a, is a, is a, an episode, a podcast really for our young men to say this. Okay. Here's the thing. Young men, you need to find some older men that can train you, that can disciple you, that can mentor you and what it means to be a man. And here's the deal. If there's not one out there that you can find, don't whine, don't complain, but don't stop, right? Find a book from a great man of God, right? And read the book. And I, I you know, I call that historical discipleship, right? If you're not getting what you're supposed to be getting at home or at school or from your coach or whatever, right, then you need to get it on your own. You need to go find it. You need to find some men that have done life well, and you need to learn what it means to be a man and a man of God. Okay. So that's the, that's the call to the young men, old men. You need to be training and discipling some younger men. You need to be investing some of your time into those younger men and showing them what it looks like to be an older man. Um, And and, and what does that mean? It means you're not going to do it perfectly, right? You're going to have to apologize sometimes. You're going to have to say, hey, I, I, you know, I just guys who, you know, you've given, you know, a cell phone to your kid and he's sitting there wasting time on it. or You've allowed him to play video games for hours and hours and hours. And you're going to, you know, walk in there and now, you know, take things away. Can I tell you? Yes, go do that right? Take the TV, take the video game out of their room. That doesn't need to be in the room. That needs to be where they sleep. They don't need to have that, you know, that mind controlling numbness going on there. But here's the deal. Apologize to them and say, listen, I haven't been the dad that I needed to be. I haven't been the man as a model for you that I needed to be. We're going to make some changes here because this is what's best for you, right? And you need to make that as a responsibility. But again, I go back to this young guys. Um, you don't have that dad who's doing that, right? Here's the deal. Um, don't whine about it. Don't complain about it. Find somebody. Um, uh, look in the word of God. Can I just tell you, here's the thing. There's a lot of men in the word of God who appoint you to your ultimate heavenly father. Um, the God of the universe who wants to be right. That man for you to raise you and right. Go back to Psalm 144. Very first thing, right? Blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, right? What, what is David saying? Who's, who's training David? Uh, was it Jesse? 
right? His dad that trained him. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the cool thing is Jesse um, taught him how to work hard, <laughs> put him out in the field. Um, but I don't think Jesse understood who David was and, and what God had planned for him. And so how did David learn about the responsibility that God had for him? Well, he got to know God personally and God became his trainer. So here's the deal. If you don't have somebody physically who can do that for you, um, God is there and he's available for you. Do you need to have a personal relationship with God so that you can know him in this intimate way that David knows him? And the answer is yes. That's made available through his son, Jesus Christ. God has right stepped out of heaven made a way for you to know him through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, right, if you've never done that before, if you've never made that confession, that repentance, and turned away from the things of this world to the things of God, you need to start there. And then you need to get yourself in a church. You need to get yourself plugged in where some other men are, and you need to find that community that can build you up. So guys, this, there's, a, there's a battle out there. Right? There's a battle for manhood, and, and I'm not talking about just the big picture thing. Right, There's a battle for your manhood. You individually need to do the work necessary to become the man that God has created for you to be, and I'm going to be praying for you to do that. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.